Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome Dude, to another edition of the Let's Go Ricky Roll podcast. We are live. Uh, no Ricky today, but we got Josh Tolley, and that's all that matters. Because we got Tolly in uh, upstate New York looking good. The hair is fresh. It's flowing. He's all right. And uh, we're like, okay. So let me give you guys the behind the scenes. Uh, A couple days beforehand, we talked. We're like, okay, are we going to be able to do a show? Last week, I couldn't because my son, who just turned 16, had his driver's test that day. And uh, as a dad who drives him around everywhere for sporting events, I made sure he got his license. There was no show last week, uh, but the guys were all ready for it. So we're here. Ricky's unavailable today. And we said, cool, we can still go because Tolly's ready to go. And we are here for you guys. So it's a Josh Tolly edition of the podcast today. Tolly, um, let me ask you this before we get going. You look so young. You look so fresh right now. That must mean the boys are back in school. The kids are gone, right? Yeah, that's right. All the kids are back in school. Um, I look fresh. Couple meetings today. No farming. Um, had a little rain, so I couldn't. I couldn't farm or climb up on a roof. So uh, this is my A outfit with the hair done and everything. All right. Okay. So you're you're a busy guy. You're a busy guy. Oh, that's an understatement, Beto. Now, what kind of meetings do you have as a farmer? Well, they're not farm meetings. We're uh, we're working on some stuff. Uh, we're working on some stuff here uh, locally and uh, a couple different business opportunities. So now um, I go from farmer to businessman. See, I wear hey, I wear a bunch of hats. You, this you, is, you should know that by now. Yeah, this is what happens, people. Uh, you want to be diverse. You want to be multi-platform. Totally went from just being a catcher and playing baseball, where he knows his routine, to every single week we talk to you, Tolly, there's something new we learn about you. That's why when Ricky was in Vail, like, you know, I got to talk to Tolly because I got to figure out exactly what this guy's all about because we know Ricky's life. It's, he's got the new baby, beautiful Soleil, the little girl. So he's there. Your kids are a little bit older. And you got the farm. You got the travel ball team. You got the kids. You got your lessons. You got a bunch of different things. And then we learned today, you're a businessman. So we're doing all kinds of other stuff. I love that. I love that. It's us. That's right. That's right. Multi-platform. You got to do it. <laughs> Dive into it and see what sticks. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Love that. Love that. Oh, we have an update, though. Remember how uh, last episode we talked about how you could have a team? We were going to find you a team to play in... Uh, in uh... Sweden. Yeah. It, was, uh, it wasn't in Sweden. The guy sent us a, a, a message. Oh, I didn't save it again. Damn it. But he listens to the podcast. It's in Scotland. So, Even better. Yeah. It's in Scotland. Uh, we can be William Wallace. You know, we can go up there and <laughs> all kinds of other stuff. So the team is in Scotland. So if you want to play in Scotland, they are waiting for you totally to show up. All right. So uh, thanks to everybody who's listening. And uh, they love that story about maybe getting you to play in Italy or in Sweden or in Scotland. It doesn't matter. Totally will still get going. And he can do business from overseas. Yeah, it's all virtual now anyway, so this is perfect. Just Kill like two podcast. birds with one stone. 
just like this podcast right here. Now, Tony, here's a question I have for you. So we're going to get to the baseball talk. I know we don't not necessarily get into the hardcore baseball talk or what's going on, but we're going to do it today because it's the last week of the season, and we're going to break it down for you. And next week, we'll also have a, another show where we're going to be breaking down baseball, not necessarily like MLB Network style or hardcore, like, oh, analytics style. No, it's just more of the story talk involved with it too. But this is the last week of the season, and I – as a reporter, when would be around there, I was covering the Dodgers, who normally make it a playoff run, or at the time I was covering the Angels, who were normally making a playoff run, and you can sense in the clubhouse what it's like when you're there. And then with the Angels, the last couple of years I was there, it was like, okay, final week of the season. Who were you guys? Because you guys all came up from Salt Lake. I have no idea what's going on. There's 45 different people in the clubhouse right now, and you the yin and yang of it. So I want to get into this one first. The final week of the season, when you know you're not going to the playoffs, when you know you're done, and what's it like going into that clubhouse when you know you've been eliminated and you're done? Well, I think I think it's twofold. It depends who you're playing number one. If you're playing meaningless games, it's hard to it's hard to get amped up and get fired up. Now a lot of guys, there's a lot of money in the industry, and a lot of guys are playing to finish strong, finish out their numbers, get what they can get going into the offseason, which I think that's probably mainly the, the concept with with everybody uh, the last week of the season if when you're playing non-meaningless um, game, games. rather. However, if you're in a situation like, let's use the uh, Baltimore Orioles for an example, like they can play spoiler. They can ruin some dreams um, of a postseason run here for a- a- any team in the East. And I think that's what that's what's unique about this time of the year is the teams that rise to the top and answer the bell the last week of the season and the teams that have been in the hunt all year. And now it's game 162, and this is what it's come down to. And you got to beat the Baltimore Orioles who have had just an – dismal season winning I think only 50 games it turns into you as as the team that's in the playoff hunt you you got to show up and you got to go you got to have the the Lions mentality and the Orioles are having the same thing in their clubhouse saying let's do it let's ruin their dreams and I've been on both ends of it is that part of the conversation do you guys really do that like hey let's yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah Oh, there is nothing um, this time of the year when you've had a decent season, you know your playoff dreams are – use the Mets as an example, right? Um, I'm not familiar with the Mets schedule right now. I've been really focused on the AL East because I think that's where we're getting all the traction and all the – this is going to come down to the wire. But use the Mets for an example. They had a team that should have been in the playoffs. They've They've had a poor year overall. Um, not going to make the playoffs, but they are unbelievably talented. I guarantee you they are walking in those doors every day saying, let's crush somebody's dream. Let's Six games, let's go. Let's win all six and see what happens. Uh, those are the conversations that happen. I mean, I, I've been part of many of them. Now, let me – okay, so the Mets, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They have Miami for three and then Atlanta for three. So finish up oh. the season. So, yeah, so that that's meaningless games. Okay, now okay, stick stick with that theme though. What about those meaningless games? 
you don't have a chance to crush somebody's playoff spot. What about they're just meaningless games playing through the streak and just finishing it up? How do you approach that? Yeah, I mean, it, it unfortunately becomes a selfish, uh, selfish mentality because now it turns into uh, let me get mine, let me get my numbers, let me you know get get extra stolen bases, try to go deep. You want to you're at nine homers, you want to get to ten, or you're at nineteen, you want to get to twenty. Everybody's starting to try to finish up their goals that they had set for themselves, um, which is a, a, a very dangerous model. But that is that that is the thought process when it comes to a situation like that. Now, as much as you say it's selfish, at the same time, everybody in the clubhouse knows hey, it's business, right? Everybody knows yeah. that somebody's got bonus incentives in there. Right. Yeah, and that's the other thing. That's actually a really cool topic because when you talk about like innings pitched, I've seen teams pull the plug on guys and not start them for their last start, right? Mm -hmm. Or not get – let's just say a reliever needed four more appearances or three more appearances over six days, he'll get two. Like I I think the ownership groups would, would tend to say, no, that's not true, or GMs would say that. But like Shit. I don't buy that. There's no way. 100% they're, they're looking at all that because, as you said, Beto, it's a stinking business. Now, Everybody wants to get paid. Has it, Were you ever in a clubhouse where a guy you knew had a big bonus coming up in the final day and he, he nailed it? Yeah. Uh, no, I, no, I haven't seen – normally those are – Guys that have nailed it, nailed it like early September, like a lot of the vesting options, meaning innings pitched or whatever, have have already been have already taken place. I've seen it the other way. I've seen it where a starter, if he had X amount of starts over the course of the season, would his his next year's contract would vest, or they would owe him extra amount of money, or another year would be added on, whatever the structure of the deal was, and then they start him in the bullpen. Or or they go or they go a six or they go a six man rotation. I've seen both. What do you guys see in the clubhouse? <sighs> Sucks to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can you say? What can you say to the guy? Like, hey man, I feel for you. You should be in the rotation, but this is what it comes down to. And then then I think there's a lot of legality stuff that goes on with filing grievances and all of that. Yeah. But but I, I've seen it. I, I've seen it a handful of times and. It's a, it's a shitty conversation. Yeah, those are something. As the media guys, you know who has bonuses coming up, and because you know a lot of times the agents might tell you like, "Hey, here's a little something to keep an eye on in early September," and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, he got pulled after four innings." Right. It's not a quality start now. Like yes. little things like that, where, and it's never the teams that are winning. It's never yeah. the first. It's always like say a team who. Let's just say, for example, the Mets, who are out of it already. All of a sudden, it's, damn, wait, he's not going to start this game. He's not pitching this game. Oh, it's a save opportunity, but this guy's not in a safe situation today. Yeah. So yeah. to all of our fans that listen and watch, like, keep – you're 100% right. It does tend to happen with the teams that are losing, obviously, because the risk for reward um, if you're winning, like, at the end of the day – Teams want to win games that are entering the playoff hunt. Um, but the other teams are, I mean, they're, they've mailed it. They've, they've cashed in. They said, well, hell, we can't do anything anyways. Well, so what, so, so what does it matter? You know, a Pittsburgh, 
and Arizona, yeah. two teams are at the bottom of the NL. And now I would I see I was a young reporter. I started noticing these things because guys would tell me like, hey, this kind of week you pay attention to this stuff and like who's the salty vet? Because now in September you get the guys who get called up from AAA or AA who are making their big league debut, and now that vet who needed another say say an outfielder who needed to play in 125 games isn't going to play because they want to see the kids play. Like yeah. I never really picked up on it until later on and i'm like oh snap this dude is pissed like you would see so the, yeah you would so the dynamics will be a little different this year because there's 28 man roster yeah. in september so they can't like I, I always remember that argument of like we would be playing meaningful games and we would go play the orioles for an example and we're trying to like i mean we're fighting to get to the postseason scratching and clawing and they're freaking going matchups from inning five all the way to inning nine. And that was before the three batter rule, obviously. So it was like lefty, righty, righty, lefty, lefty, righty. And it was like, and, and guys that we had no history on, we didn't know anything about guys, how they bring them up from like high A ball or double A and just raw talented dudes. And we got guys getting fiend and it's like, it's not worth it. Uh, as as much, as hard as it is for me to say, I think shrinking the rosters made a little bit of sense from that perspective. Okay. Now, for example, your Blue Jays, who you played with, and I say your Blue Jays because it's a team you played with and you're paying attention to right now. Uh, and this is also something Ricky talks about in our group chat is, okay, they're battling, scratching and clawing, trying to get into the wild caught, wild caught spot. They get the Yankees for three right now. And then they get Baltimore. Who, what's the incentive for Baltimore to do anything? So if you're a Yankees fan, you're like, wait a minute, we're going to play Toronto for three, and then all of a sudden we finish up with Tampa. Tampa's already locked up the East. What incentive do they got to play anything? Well, I, I tell you this. I think their incentive is to keep guys hot. I think you're going to see the bullpen get, get rest more than anything. But as a hitter, you have to play. Like you can't just take three days off leading into the postseason, and now you have another couple days off. You, they're going to rest guys. Like they'll probably give a couple guys a day off here and there. Um, but I think their their mindset is getting into the postseason. Yeah. Like the Blue Jays have one of the hardest paths to get into this thing. I think, and I actually said that today on a radio show out of uh, in Toronto was you have to. This is a challenge. This is going to be a dogfight. And right now, as we're recording this, the Blue Jays are one game behind Boston. So it's Tampa Bay wins the East. Yankees are probably going to get the first wild card. Boston is going to get, right, if it ended today, and then the Toronto would be a game back. And that's how much they've been battling back and forth, the scrap and everything else. And you're looking at Boston. What's Boston got? Let's. I haven't looked at their schedule. I, haven't, I don't pay attention to the East. What's Boston's schedule? They got They're Baltimore, Baltimore tonight. Yeah. And then Washington for three. Like, yeah. wait, how, why, like, just the way, it, like, ugh. I know. I mean, I'm telling you, all eyes for these next three days are going to be up in Toronto. I, I don't know. I, it's interesting. The Yankees, I think the Yankees rotation is like, uh, Jamison Talion, Cole and Kluber versus Ryu Barrios and Robbie Ray. So like, the thing about it is, I and I, I believe this, like this time of the year comes down to pitching. 
comes yeah. down to bullpen. And if Ricky was on the show, I think he would second that because it, I mean, dude, it, you might, you could see games 12 10 tonight. Truly. 12. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I believe that in Toronto, it could, it could be an absolute slug fest. That's what we need, though. I want to see that. Like, I, I, I will say, everybody though, does. This is the part of the year where you become the casual fan becomes all locked in on it because of what's going on. Me, like I'm going to the Dodger game tonight. I didn't even know it was Uriah's bobblehead night, which if I had, I wouldn't have got the tickets because uh, that's 50,000 people and it's just too hard. But I wanted to go because it's the final week of the season and the Dodgers are in that spot where they're chasing. Like, I honestly thought the Dodgers were going to win uh, the West. I thought the Giants would fade back. I give a lot of credit to the Giants is still going. And I, the group chat will make fun of me. I said last week after they lost that tough game against uh, San Diego, like, oh, they're deflated. Uh, you know, it, a little tongue-in-cheek, but they, they, I thought they would be. Those guys just answer back because they don't know no better. Like, they don't know that they're supposed to, like, fade back. And they have a bunch of guys that you've never heard of. Whereas the Dodgers, are like, the, you know, they're the big bad Dodgers. We have the big payroll. We have this. And they're the ones chasing all season long. And I, it's just – I wanted to see that because I love watching games that matter this time of year compared to something like a July when they're playing Milwaukee. So the West out here is really interesting. And imagine though, this is where I want to get into it. A playoff game, a one game playoff. You like it? I like it. I mean, it's fuck. It's all or nothing, dude. Yeah. Like um, what, what's the state? Fill me in on the West real quick. Um, and I, I, this is kind of ignorant of me not to know what does the West, what is the West shape up right now? Obviously the giants at the top and then the Dodgers right below them. What's the split? Uh, the Dodgers are two games back today. And Just, they're playing who, and who are they playing? The Dodgers have San Diego and then they finish up in Arizona. So oh, no, sorry, they have they, San Diego and then they finish up with Milwaukee at home. So the Dodgers have six home games, uh, left. And then, uh, the giants who are winning the West right now have Arizona and then San Diego at home. So both the Dodgers and the giants are at home and, you know, everybody's like, oh, what, they should have finished up the Dodgers and the Giants last home stand of the season, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, right. Like, yeah, how do that you was, know? That would have been sick. That would have been how do you, sick. How, the, that old uh, married couple that makes the standings, how do they know at the end of the year? I mean, that makes the schedule. How do they know at the end of the year who's going to be, you know, you don't expect the Giants to be the ones there winning the West. You know, so it, can I just say can I just say something about the Dodgers? Please do. I mean, let, let, let's just go around the, the infield and the outfield for that matter. Like when you want to talk about oh, hell, start. Let's start with the starting pitching. You want to talk about veteran horses that know what the hell to do in this time. Yeah. That this is where these dudes are going to shine. I know. I know all of. I know most of them. I have good relationship with most of them. These dudes. This is when they turn it on. And you know what? They might be sitting back saying, eh, "We're not worried about it." We. You know what? It would be nice to win the division. We don't have to play the one one games. Stressful playoff playing game, probably against the Cardinals. I would imagine. Yeah, it's the Cards. Yeah, but it's like it, these dudes are so set up, and they have such the calm mentality. I mean, you could hear, and I have to say this: like just listening to some of the talk radio this morning um, out of Toronto, like like the the excitement is there, but you can also feel the anxiety. <laughs> Granted, I'm not listening to Dodger talk radio, but I can just imagine it just being very calm. Nobody's worried. Ho hum. These dudes are all right. They know what they're doing. 
Hey, wasn't there a skid where these guys were like, everybody's like, oh my God, blow this team up. They're terrible. Yep. Was there a time? There was a time early in the season, right? Do- Dodger fans are uh, panic fans. Like they were like, mm-hmm. oh, what's going on here? And what's going on in our group chat, your buddy Ace, who used to like the Dodgers, they're all nervous yeah. about them, everything a- else. Anthony like, of Anthony of Orange County. Yeah. Who went to a Padre game the other day instead of a Dodger game. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the Dom like, wait a minute, you got Scherzer for your game. Like you have as Kershaw as he is, he's not who he was, but he's still freaking Kershaw. I, it's like he'll get away to get going. Woody has been standing. And I'm like, if you look at the Giants rotation, am I scared of him? No. Like in a series? No. I, am no. I sounding like an arrogant LA person? Yes. But you were, you've seen that this team has been there, done that. And then with the Dodgers, you know, if they do get the wild card, they'll play St. Louis in a one-game playoff. The winner of that takes on the Giants in the first round. The only thing I don't like about the wild card is that you're going to punish the team who has the best record, who's going to get the wild card team with a team who has a, the Dodgers are going to end up with the second best record in the NL West, like in the NL. Yeah. Like if I, if it was up to me, I would do what they do in basketball where they reseed it with this uh, stand uh, standings where you don't automatically get the number two seed based off of your, you know, uh, record. record. Like I would see, yeah. I would rather have the wild card team be, or uh, the fourth place team be Atlanta or in this case it would be Atlanta who has seventy two losses. Yeah, dude, they have like 80, 85 wins or something. It's something. How many wins do they have? Atlanta's eighty three and seventy two as of today. Yeah, they're not even going to get to ninety wins. And I, I listen, I agree the with Dodgers that. Have never, yeah, and they're they've got a shot to end up with one hundred and five again. Like. I, I never thought about that theory, but I like it a lot better. I like the two wild card games. Oh, I, I, I was in. I was not on the roster, but I was in on one when we played Baltimore um, for a wild card playing game in 2016. And dude, oh, you want to talk about every pitch, every catch, every stink, and everything matters. Wait, you which team make, were you on? You can't. I was with the Blue Jays. Okay. You can't make one mistake. Not and that once. was a wild card game. It was a wild card game. Oh, let's pull that let's pull that up here. So you weren't on the roster for that game, right? But you were in the clubhouse. You're working guys out. All right, here we go. Wild card day. Let's go, people. Let's hear story time with uh, our businessman Josh Tolley. Wild card day. You know it's one game. Winner go home. All that stuff. What's it like walking into the clubhouse? Go. Focus. 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 That. We had a very focused team that year, and it was on a different level. Preparation, uh, not that it changed. The routines were all the same, but we were always um, – we were the loose group, but when it came to nut-cutting time, we were focused. And watching – just kind of like sitting in my locker watching from afar, the first, the first couple hours everybody's talking, talking about this, talking about that. Uh, because we had a unique ending to our season, meaning we played one game in Boston that meant effectively where we're going to play this wild card game. If we won, we came back to Toronto. If we lost, uh, if we lost and Detroit lost, like there's a lot of moving parts. So everybody was all excited for that game. Um, but now, now getting into the nuts and bolts of the day, it was like guys went about their routine. There was no tomfoolery. It was all hands on deck. Everybody was locked in. And I have to tell you, like, I get goosebumps talking about it because there was, I knew, like, easy for me to say now, 
th there was a very slim chance we were losing that game, just purely predicated on preparation and focus. Yeah. Let me give you the, the background on that game. 2016 American League wildcard game played in Toronto. Both teams finished the record of 89 and 73. The reason that the Blue Jays got to host that game, and this is when people say, oh, game doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. It does. A game in July matters just as much as September because the Blue Jays were able to host that game because they beat the Orioles in the season series 10 games to nine. So the, if that was the tiebreaker to figure out who gets home field advantage, and you're going to tell me 49,934 Toronto Blue Jay fans don't make a difference, they do. So it's a big difference between playing in Toronto than playing in Camden Yards. And who do you guys have out there? Who do you guys have out there? You have a five o'clock Toronto time, which means people are ready to rock and roll. We've heard the stories of what goes on in Toronto, and you know Joey Bats has told us how it gets all crazy and it's all fun. Um, but it was cool. It was cool. I remember watching that game. Now that I'm reading back of the details, and didn't Jose Bautista lead off with a home run? Like he let off like uh, a second inning. He left, yeah. Bautista yeah, let off yeah. a second inning with a home run. Yeah. Joey yeah. Bats. And then, well, so this was the infamous game where Buck Showalter left Zach Britton in the bullpen. Yep. And we did not have we we had. I mean, Zach Britton was unhittable then, and I I will never forget it. They brought it. Zach Britton is not warming up. We're watching Ubaldo Jimenez warm up, and we're watching Ubaldo have to go through the middle of our lineup, and it was like. What the hell is Buck drinking over there? <laughs> I, I, oh, I, I sat on the bench and I thought that to myself. Is this guy freaking bananas right now? And of course, Eddie comes up and just hits a moonshot, absolute moonshot. Yeah, uh, was, I'll never forget it. Zach Britton was the 2016 American League reliever of the year. Their closer, Anubaldo, gives up a three-run bomb, walk-off bomb to Eduardo, oh Edwin Encarnacion. Yeah, and just lit it up. Eleventh inning, man. Clubhouse wasn't any. Clubhouse wasn't any fun after that. No, 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 no. Oh, no, no. baby. Oh, uh, we had so much fun, dude. Yeah, you guys advanced to take on the Rangers, but now okay, you win the one game playoff. You celebrate, but like, how is that? Like, because I'm okay. People get into it like, why? Why do baseball players celebrate after every series? Why do they have champagne? I am of the thing thinking of hell yeah go for it do it because baseball is such a grind get after it we're like well they don't do that in basketball they don't do it in hockey who cares go for it enjoy it live it up because it's such a stressful thing each series it's like a relief right yeah it is it, I, people don't understand what 162 looks like and when you are standing when you're one step closer to the mountain it like you deserve, you deserve that. I, I believe, I mean, hell listen, I, I think that's what we play for. That's what we live for. Um, it is all about though, how you come back with your focus after you do that. I mean, hell we celebrated one year in Baltimore in 15. I think we celebrated, we were in a double header. We clinched game one and then Gibby ran out all the, he ran out all the bums in game two. So clearly I was playing in game two and uh, we celebrated again after game, after game two. So it was like, it, it's exciting. And when you put this much work into a season, you deserve it. You truly do deserve 
what these fans get to see. Yeah, and for those of you guys wondering, they don't party all night long. They go, they crack open the beers. And by the way, Budweiser is the official sponsor of Clubhouse Celebrations. Uh, it is a corporate thing. There's a reason that the only beers in the clubhouse are Budweiser or Bud Lights. I'm not joking. Yeah. It really is. That's true. That's yep. true. And the champagne isn't really brought until later on, like in the in the first round, of the wild card game or the uh, NL, the DS, the division series. It's all beer. Maybe a couple bottles of champagne, but it's all beer. When you get the pennant, that's when the champagne comes out because champagne is expensive. Like, see, I learned the club is always giving wow. the good information. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it's funny. I never noticed that because yeah, there's always a couple bottles of champagne. But it's always, I mean, it's always bottles of those plastic bottles of beer. Yeah. And then and, they, and uh, let me tell you what the burn is like. Mark Burley one time, in 2015, Mark Burley said, you're not, JT, don't wear goggles. You No. He said, feel the burn. That's what 162 is about. And I didn't do it. And my eyes hurt stinking for a month. <laughs> but it was worth it. Probably was way worth it. Bernie's messing with you, man. What the hell are you doing? What I got? I don't know. I did whatever dad told me to do. That too, that too. No, yeah, champagne sucks. And as a reporter, when you're in there interviewing guys, which is, now you think about it, we don't need to be in there because you, the audio isn't going to be any good. And you're in there doing it, but it's cool to be part of, of that celebration. Not that you're celebrating with the team, but you get emotions. And for me as a radio guy, I was able to go and tell stories afterwards when I walked back into the press box. And I learned early on, always take a change of clothes because you're going to get soaked because you might not, you're not friends with these guys, but they know you. And sometimes they want to be jerks about it and pour champagne on you, which is cool, but they do it in a fun way. Like yeah. they're not doing it Deion Sanders and Tim McCarver style. So they'll, they'll pour a little bit behind you, especially me knowing all the Latin guys. They're like, ah, bah, messing with you. Um, but then you're like, wait a minute. I got to drive home in this. Like all of a sudden you have a shirt that's soaked in champagne. You get pulled over. Like, have you been drinking? No. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> No. It smells like booze in here. Yeah, but the champagne—it's a—it's uh, a uh, interesting. It's pretty cool, but uh, to be in there because you—you you see the guys celebrating and the emotion, yeah. and you can just feel that relief of what's going on. Do you, do you ever uh, go in there and look around and be like, "Who are these people?" Sometimes because the executives the, come down. And oh yeah. Oh yeah. The analytics guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is the truth. There'll be. You want to talk about? everybody comes out of the woodworks when it's time to celebrate. It is unbelievable. That's actually a good point. I feel like that is something that should be addressed. Truly. Like everybody. I mean, I'm sure they all had like important roles throughout the whole season, but like stay upstairs and throw your own party. We're the product. We did all the shit, you know, but, is that wrong? No, that's not wrong to say. No, it's not it's wrong. Not wrong so, because I say, hey, listen, bring the GM and the AGMs. Yes. Bring those guys in there because, listen, they built this. Yeah. But, like, the, the guy, everybody from the office, like, no, you know what? Actually, you're not invited anymore. <laughs> because there are people who you look around. And mind you, I haven't done a baseball celebration in a while. Um, but you look around, you're like, wait a minute. As a reporter, you walk into a clubhouse every day. Good or bad, guys know what you wrote about them and what you didn't, or whatever's being said about you. So it's like you gotta be you. You own up to it. Like, all right, yeah, I'm here. I said this or what? And you're looking around a celebration. Like, okay, is that somebody's wife? Okay, is that somebody's brother? Like, who are these guys? And yeah. you're looking like, oh, you're wearing a shirt and tie, man. You're, you don't uh, like, yeah. remember the guy. Hey, remember the guy that got fired in Houston? Yeah, like. 
if that guy wasn't in the room, he would still be working. Good point. Good point. Yes. Some right? issues are interesting. Interesting. Yeah, like and, and some of those guys just don't know what to do. Exactly. Right. They like the they get put in the yeah, they get put in those offer like those spots and they're they're going nuts, right? There's it's a, like, okay. There's a famous picture that only ran in the Spanish newspaper. Uh 2002 when the Angels won the World Series. It ran in La Opinion, which is a Spanish newspaper here in Los Angeles. And I had like three copies of it because I saved it back then. That was before I was even a reporter. I just thought it was a badass picture. And it's a picture of Benji Gill in the Angel Clubhouse celebrating the World Series championship. And he's got a full-on bottle of tequila and he's like this. And Come you, on. Yeah. And you see the tequila spirit in midair flying through. like Just like that. Like, like a famous picture like that. Boom. Coming through. And I've always wanted to have a print of it or something. And I'm like, Dad, that's a ba-. And I had three of it. It was front page of the sports section of the uh, La Opinion, the new Spanish newspaper, because Benji Gill was the Mexican on the team. And yeah. they had it. And it's like, damn, whatever happened to that? I've tried doing Google images and nothing. It doesn't pop up. But I've always is wanted it, it. Is the newspaper still in? Is it's still around. Active? Yeah. It's still around. But just call that. I don't know who they email are. Email them. I don't know who, who these cares? But yeah. Send like, an email. I, I would help you, but. I mean, I, 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 but yeah, I, yeah I, I, but like th- those are the kind of things that used to happen back then, right? Now it's like yeah. okay, now it's become corporate. Now it's like legit, like you know, it's like yeah. okay. Look, even the goggles are sponsored now. Yeah, Oakley, right? <laughs> I mean, I have so many Oakley goggles because that was the other thing is we, I, I don't remember what year it was, but we had clinched or whatever, had the goggles, and then we went somewhere else, and they gave you another pair. I mean, I, I must have a dozen ski goggles at my house just from celebrating three or four or five times. They're not cheap either. They're a couple hundred bucks, those goggles. Yeah. And they yeah. Get used- and nobody, yeah, and everybody's just wearing them. And that, when Oakley goggles started popping up, I'm like, oh, here we go. Because I'm a snowboarder. And I'm like, damn, those are expensive. Those are the $300 versions. I'm like, yeah. I would see some on the ground. I'm like, man, can I take them? Can, can, can well, I take they, them? They- Smell bad, and they start collecting mold if you don't take care of them. It don't matter, man. I ain't paying three hundred bucks for goggles. You know me. If it's free, it's me. <laughs> Love your model, dude. We'll get into the uh, clubhouse celebrations as the uh, playoffs progress. But now, all right, let's get into our baseball breakdown. We we'll start with the ALEs. Totally. How do you see it? What do you like? What do you don't like? Um, I like the Yankees bullpen right now. I feel like they've uh, they've really come to fruition. Clay Holmes. Um, who they claimed from or traded for, I forget where he came from, but he's been lights out. Chad Green looks normal. Uh, they're going to get Luizaga back, I think, tonight or tomorrow. And then uh, Chappie is Chappie. Like, I, even though he's hit a bit of a skid, like this guy's dominating. So I think I think I do like the Yankees bullpen. I don't like the Blue Jays strength of like I don't like the Blue Jays schedule. I think it, it can be a it could be a slippery slope mm-hmm. um, for them. I mean, again, I I think playing in tonight's game, um, if the Blue Jays win tonight, it changes the complexity of this a little bit. Uh, but I think if the Blue Jays want any shot at this, they got to take two. They got to take two or three. Have to win the series, period. And then Boston, um, I don't know. I feel like Boston's just kind of sitting in the weeds and they're going to ambush everybody uh, in the last couple games of the year. Yeah, look at the standings right now. So Tampa Bay wins the East. Uh, the White Sox win the Central. Houston has the West. So the wild card are three teams from the AL East. The Yankees have a game up, Boston, and then Toronto's a game back. And like when you look at it, 
what's going on, what battles. Like, this is why people celebrate after they get to the playoffs because they're yeah. battling every single game, especially if you're in the AL East, and it's just a matter of situations. But once again, Tolly, who the hell's on Tampa? Uh, I don't uh, Kiermaier. And? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. How did he do I, it? I'm with you. Every year. Every year. I think, honestly, you know what? I'm going to go off the cuff a little bit, and I think it's – I I don't think Kevin Cash gets enough love. Truly. I mean, this dude has a pulse for his team. He has kind of like the Joe Madden aura a little bit of like, eh, whatever. Uh-huh. But I think he has a great – He's created an unbelievable culture and people laugh at me, but when you create in any work environment, for, for example, Beto, use your, use your, um, your, your TV. When you go on TV, I want, uh, remind me of your partner there. What's his name? Jim Hill. Jim Hill. I love when you guys get bantering back and forth and start like, but my point being is you all created a culture amongst yourself that is entertaining to listen to. Kevin Cash does the same. He creates a, 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 a no stress environment, an enjoy an enjoyable environment to be at work because it is a job after all. Yeah. And I think that's what eases eases everybody's mind. Like you put me in a chair with Jim Hill, I'm sure I would get along wonderful with Hell him. Yeah. I would have a couple things to to navigate through from the operational standpoint. But like he appears to make it very comfortable, and that's what I think Kevin Cash has has done. Eric Neander runs the the. Blue Jays. He's no, he runs. He doesn't run the Blue Jays. I mean, the, 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 uh, Rays. the, the Rays, the Rays. Yeah. He's 38 years old. You know where he's from? California. <clears throat> no, 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 no. Totally. What city are you in? Binghamton. Oh, you're in Binghamton? Oh, yeah. okay. I thought you were in Oneota. Oneota. It's only an hour from me. That's, That's where he's from. from. No shit. Yep. He played baseball at, in Oneota, New York. Started working at for the Blue J- uh, the Rays Baseball Information Solutions after graduating from Virginia Tech. Yeah. Wow. He's only thirty eight. I didn't know he was that young. Yeah. Uh, he became the base president of baseball operations in two thousand fourteen. He's been doing this since he was 32, 33 years old. I mean, he's building that, my point is he's building yeah. that culture of guys of like this is that what I know we got to do because you, they might not have the stability on the field. But they have the stability in the front office and finding guys. Yeah. But when you go play Tampa, and you know that there's going to be more of your fans there, do the players even care? No, they're so used to it that everybody's so used to going to Tampa, knowing it's going to be a dungeony, shitty environment, and that's just <laughs> what it is. I mean, that's what it is. It's dark. It's dungeony. It's like, I mean, the clubhouse guys. The clubhouse guys were the best part of that whole building freaking guy Gallagher and tank and all those guys like that's how that Mikey. I mean, I know I'm forgetting guys, but like that, those are the guys that other than that, it was was an awful place to play. (laughs) It was terrible. And they win. And yeah. And yeah, maybe that's why, but Hey, listen, you know, you know where this all started? Andrew Friedman. Yep. hundred percent being around Andrew uh, a couple years ago. This dude has got it dialed in. And as as great as Doc is and that coaching staff with the Dodgers, Andrew Freeman has set the example and set the culture for what it looks like. And they parallel one another, and that's why they both win, period. And you, 
and also Farhan Zaidi in San Francisco, who was with Friedman of the Dodgers. Now he's Dude, doing great that. Point. Great now, point. It's there was a. You know, I'm not trying to get too smart, but there was a a story in the LA uh, New York Times today about how baseball operations are completely different. How it used to be the GM, now he's the president of baseball operations. Where people used to have a staff of 50, now they have 200. Ten years later, yeah. because of so many people in the analytics department, or so many people in the research department, the sports uh, medicine department, the, the sports psychology department, how uh, these guys' roles have completely changed. And it started with when Epstein went from Boston to Chicago and changed things up around. It's just, I'll send you the link. It's pretty interesting to see. Yes, how, uh, I, I would love to read that. It's uh, you're no longer just a GM. It's uh, you have to just. There's people who worry about what's on the field, and then there's people who worry about the think tank. It's an interesting world. Baseball, it's supposed to be easy, and everybody always says, oh, it's easy. Hit, see ball, hit ball, but so many things from behind the scenes. All right, Tony, so you like the East. Uh, is that, That's the one to watch, right? Because obviously you're there, but it's, yeah. also, it's the funnest one. It's the funnest one. Yeah, I, it's easy for me to watch too, right? Like it's hard for me to turn on a game at 10 o'clock at night and think I'm going to stay awake for it. But I think when we talk about the nuts and bolts of, the, of coming up in the stretch – it is that's the one to watch. These three games will be after these three games with the Yankees Blue Jays, we're going to know that's going to shape itself out significantly more. And we'll get into the playoff race next week when we know who's going where, what's going on. Uh, next Tuesday, uh, it'll be after the uh, wild card, so we know who exactly is in. We can break down what happened with the Blue Jays, how they got in or they didn't. We'll break down what the Dodgers did, how they got in or they didn't, and all that other good stuff. So we'll keep it uh, East Coast, West Coast, the, the you know the middle Midwest. I ain't gonna lie. I'll be, be I'll be in it. the Midwest. I'll be in the Midwest next week. What are you doing? Business. Uh, yeah, business. Business. I am actually doing business. I am doing business, but I uh, I may go do some deer hunting while I'm there. Deer hunting. So are you doing the show next week? Nope. Yeah, I'll do the show. I'll fucking do it right from my iPhone. How? Wait, you're gonna do it from the blind? No, I, I'll probably I, I'll, I'll be toast from hunting by then. I'll just do it from my iPhone. It'll be great, even if I just come on for twenty minutes. I got to give the people what they want. Yeah, as long as you're wearing your camo, we're all right. You, I have a I have a ghillie suit. What's that? A ghillie suit. It's a big uh, it's a big suit that goes around you, and you can just like you look like you're part of the earth. So you just <laughs> lean up against a tree, so you don't have to climb in the tree. Because I don't really care for heights. <laughs> oh yes, you All are right. definitely doing the show next week for sure. Hey, so hey, me, Ricky, uh, and Hunter, Hunter Tolly. Hey, I'll have face paint. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we got to get into it. We got to definitely get in. What are you going to go hunting for? White-tailed deer. Okay, I don't know what that means. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just Google it. <laughs> eh, deer. All I heard was deer. All right, now. Totally. Before uh, we get going, because I know you got business meetings, we have a couple questions for you also. But what do you think of what happened with Cardgate? Oh, oh yes. Where oh, Kiermaier oh. jacked the card? Yes. I was like, what are you talking about? Okay, um, protect your shit, man. At the end of the day, you can't have it flying out. I I can't blame Kiermaier, and. I mean, I suppose I can't blame the Blue Jays for drilling the guy, but like at the end of the day, it's the Blue Jays' fault. Protect your stuff. And I always said this. I was always very skeptical going into ballparks. Now, understand, when you go into an opening day of a season or opening series, right, you get a binder about that big. 
okay? And it has every stinking number and everything you can imagine. You know how many guys lock those up after games? Very few. I always was very cautious about locking mine up. I didn't need somebody coming in afterwards, jacking shit or taking photocopies of it. I was very cautious. And it goes to the same thing. Protect your stuff. You can't just have it flopping in your wristband or in your back pocket. Somebody's going to get their hands on it. Take care of your stuff. That's the moral of the story. Kiermaier did the right thing. I would have done the same exact thing. And if they hit me, it would have been one less 0 for 1. <laughs> <laughs> one less 0 for Hey, your on-base percentage goes up. Fucking right, it does. Yeah. But what about them hitting them? You good or bad? I mean, I'm kind of neutral on it. Like, I, I think it's a chicken shit move personally because he, the guy, he didn't do anything wrong. He threw the card. The card was laying on the floor. He picked it up and took it with him. Can't blame him. Who are you gonna? You should have hit Alejandro Kirk. You shouldn't have hit him, right? It was Kirk's fault. It wasn't Kiermaier's fault. So you would have picked it up and took it? Oh hell yeah! I would have copied it and everything else. I'd given it to all my teammates. And in 2021, every single thing is viewed because there's cameras everywhere for everything. Yeah. So you knew that you're gonna get caught. So protect protect your shit. And it's a, uh, and that's the thing. And it's the modern day baseball where it's not that they're stealing signs for a second with the uh, now we're stealing it, cards. They're stealing cards. <laughs> modern day baseball. It's uh, this is a, a debate we had with Ricky the other day because Vernon Wells came out and uh, tweeted like, "You don't need a card if you study and you know what's going on." And I was like, "I I disagree, Ricky. Like it's modern baseball. You should have a card. You know what's going on. It's going to help you out. Take advantage of it." And he went off on like, no, you don't need a card. I'm not talking to you right now. He got all hot. He, he even threw the, how many games did you play in the big leagues card at me? So I'm like, oh. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Do we know what the card actually was? The sequences of how to pitch with somebody. Oh, it was the it was that card. Huh? From what I so, heard. So there, typically how it's been going is there's two cards, right? There's one that's in the wristband that is the sequencing portion of it. And then a lot of times there's a card in the back pocket with multiple signed sequences on it, meaning when there's a man on second base, you tell the pitcher, hey, number three, and number three on the card might be outs plus one, let's call it, right? Or second sign, okay, to keep it simple. And then all of a sudden you want to change it, you hit them with one. And then that that can change the sign, and then the pitcher has a card as well, and they they match up. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I mean, listen, as far as the cards go, like, I, I don't disagree with them. Like, you should study, but, like, at the end of the day, you can still study and still have a card. Yeah, that was uh, – that, that's right. That won't wait till Ricky shows up next week when he can drop the wait, play. Right. You don't understand. You don't understand when you're a catcher. The guys that stand on the mound or the guys that have never been in that position, you have so much information you have to know and remember. Dude, you, you draw a blank at times. When I drew a blank, I would just call a fastball down and away. <laughs> you know? But now I have a card. I, oh, yeah, shit, it said this. So, I, I don't know. I found benefit in it, and I still studied. It didn't make me not study. Uh, so, Vernon Wells' tweet was, this whole thing is ridiculous. Here's an idea. Teach the game better and study the game better. Capital letters. You shouldn't need cards if you're a student of the game. Stop being robots and play the game. That was Vernon Wells' tweet. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's not wrong. He's definitely not wrong. You should, and they should teach a game better. However, if 
if you have it as a reminder, like fuck, what the, what the hell? If you can do it, why wouldn't you do it? Like when you talk about looking for edges in the game, it's the same reason I would have stole the card is to look for an edge. Same reason why I would wear a wristband. I would protect it, but I would also do it because that there's a lot of shit, man. That, that anybody can go stand in the outfield. Anybody can go stand on the mound. Like when you're in the nuts and bolts, the pitching coach doesn't bitch at the pitcher when the when there's a wrong pitch called. They go bitch at the catcher. So what the hell? We're all tired of getting bitched at. So he said, give us these wristbands. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm saving all the commentary for when Ricky comes back in a couple of weeks. We'll take care of it. I love it. Now when, yeah. you're on, now when you're uh, deer hunting, we're going to wait for later on. All right, a couple questions for you. When can we see the Cabernet suit? We need a picture of the Cabernet suit. Oh. oh, it doesn't fit me anymore, but I can maybe put, I can, I'm not a hey, next Derek next week. You get my, you're going to get the ghillie suit next week. Uh, the following week I may come in with a Merlot Cabernet suit. It's a blend. <laughs> it's a blend there. So um, yeah, we can, uh, yeah, all right. They can make an appearance. Right, I just uh, might have to hang it behind me though. There you go. Uh, Robert jo Robinson, Josh has internet. When is he going to broadcast from the house? Uh, it's way better coming to the studio. Get, I get a lunch in the town. I, I just take my time most of the time. But I don't know why. Everybody wants to see my house or something? I, I, well, it's a, it's a farmhouse. All right. Yeah, maybe one day I'll go in my man cave. You want the Gretzky jersey behind it or the Jeter jersey? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, 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 oh I'm sorry. Oh, 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 oh. 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 Um, there you go, aside. Uh, I know you don't have much time, but uh, – at home, because you have the boys and you have the kids and you have everything else. Yeah, all boys. No, I have two boys and a girl. My girl's okay. in the middle. Okay, so you have the three kids, two boys and a girl. Lovely wife who's running her own Pilates studio. There's a lot of stuff going on in the Tolly house, and you got to make sure you have your whiskey and bourbon at night. Uh, yeah, I want to know what do you watch at night, Tolly? Um, you know what? I actually I don't watch a whole lot of TV. I have I have one TV that's like a real functioning tv and then i have a smart tv that i can do youtube tv but i don't watch tv last night i did some work through on the monday night football game but other than that i i don't i'm not i watch baseball okay i'm not you into it you don't watch any shows with your wife no ted lasso we started watching but then that kind of that was a great i mean it was great but like dude i'm exhausted freaking nine o'clock i'm done <laughs> oh, so you're are, are, how far are you on ted lasso you caught up no, I have no idea where we're at here. How many seasons are there? Two. Yeah, so we're probably like halfway through the first season. Oh, okay. We'll talk to you later about that last one. It's fantastic. It's wonderful. It makes you cry. Tears. You know, last week's episode was tough. It's, uh, you know, football is life. But you want to be like a gold. Have you gone to the part where you, where you want to be like a goldfish? Yeah, I we passed <laughs> that part. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> hey, the quotes are great. I've written some down in the event one day I ever manage. Because I think some of his stuff is hilarious. Uh, uh, do you have a Netflix account? Do I have a Netflix account? Yeah, I do. Okay. There's a show I watched last night, and it reminded me of you, Tolly. It's about oh, hockey. Wow. The Danbury Trashers. This was a hockey team in 2004. An Italian dude who was part of the mob. Can you tell? He was running a trash business. He bought his team in Danbury, Connecticut, for his son, who was 17 years old, and the son was running the team. And what did he do? He went in his first signing, 
Brett Gretzky, Wayne's little brother. He brought his. When you brought up Gretzky, I was like, thought about that. He brought in a bunch of bruisers, and they would just fight everybody, beat the hell out of everybody. And but <clears throat> turned out that the hockey team was doing the money laundering for the trash business. So that yeah, I, I watched it. Oh, did you watch it? Freaking awesome, dude. right? One of the best thing. I I I was trying to think. I says, man, I've heard this story. Where have I heard this story? And I remember a uh, kid I give lessons to. Uh, the father had told me about it, and dude, I was. That actually, I actually watched it. I, I was so captivated by it. Right. It was uh, Untold Crimes and Penalties. That's what it's called yep. on Netflix. The Danbury Trashers, the bad boys of hockey, take orders from teenage son and an owner with mob ties and have a reputation for being violent as they are good. Yeah, I was watching it last night. I was like, oh, let me just put it on after the football game. And I got hooked. And I'm watching yeah. the comparison between that and Tony Soprano. He got an autographed picture from James Aldefini. He says, the real Tony Soprano. <laughs> like, yeah. I, the, I thought it was an awesome show. Yeah. The kid's name is AJ. The Soprano character name is AJ. So I'm like, going back and forth. <laughs> and for the kid's 10th birthday, he had The Rock and Triple H showing up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was sweet. That was sweet. Yeah, so that was it. Untold uh, Crimes and Penalties is on Netflix about the hockey team in Danbury, Connecticut. And I was just thinking of Totally right there because that just seems like something that happens on those small towns where the yeah. trashers come through. And everybody else, uh, it was all right. I'm glad. I'm glad you did catch up to one thing. That's yeah, that's about this, it, though. That's one thing, it. Don't, one thing from this decade. All right. Yeah, that's it. Don't ask any more questions about movies. That's that's that draws my limit. <laughs> all right, totally good show today. Uh, we will talk to you next week. You're going to be somewhere in the Midwest in a blind. No, wait, not in a blind. You're going to be in a what? Gilly? In, a, in a ghillie suit. <sighs> I gotta Google this. A ghillie suit. Yeah. I just do. I even want to know what this looks like. G oh my fucking goodness! <laughs> Put it up. Come on, give the a people what suit. they want. Mind give you, it's spelled G H I L L I E. I just googled it right now. This is so because I'm so from an LA to city, and this is what pops up. <laughs> it's me, dude. <laughs> It's a. Oh, it's yeah. not camel. It makes it look like you're part of the earth, like you're yeah. walking around. Oh my god, this is freaky, man. Yeah, how sick is that? They're one hundred and fifteen dollars, one hundred twenty dollars. Yeah, well, somebody's lending lending me theirs because I don't want to climb up in a tree. What the hell is wrong with you? How great is that? Like, where do you? So many questions. I'll talk to you later about this. Hey, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hey, can we get once I once I get set up, you have to text me this weekend. Text me this weekend so I don't forget. <laughs> but I'm gonna send you one and then we can get it um yeah, that can be like a nice little promo video. Oh, we were have that we, we or <laughs> or we can or we could just do a quick little snip from hunting camp. We we could do so many things. I love that you're all into this. <laughs> I, uh, all right. I love that you're all into us. Gilly Atoli will be there next week for you guys. As always, rate, review, subscribe. And Green Eye Bandit, I will see you at Dodger Stadium tonight. I'm going to sit in the loge level. Uh, Hula Urias, Bobblehead Night. And next week, when we talk to you, we'll talk about some baseball, playoff baseball. Ricky will be back. Uh, Hunter Tolley will be here and will be there for you guys. Once again, another edition of Let's Go Ricky Road with Josh Tolley and the Gilly Suit. Thanks, Tolley. <laughs> Have fun. See ya.